How will blockchain technology transform the future? Well, we Googled it so you don't have to. And where does currency from a Bitcoin split come from? Guess what? We Googled that too so you don't have to. And how much bad could a bad coin coin if a bad coin could bad coin? Well, we Googled that and came up empty-handed. But thanks to the miracle of making stuff up, we'll give you an answer anyhow. It's the latest questions, news, and info fresh off the crypto grill, brought to you courtesy of the Bad Crypto Podcast, episode number 39. <laughs> We're getting close to Halloween, so I thought that would be a good way to start the show, Travis. <laughs> Bad crypto. It's a thriller. <laughs> Welcome to the Bad Thriller Podcast. And uh, no, that's not it. It's a crypto podcast. Joel Com. Um, I'm a guy who does stuff online. And here's another guy who does stuff online, Travis Wright. That is true. I'm a guy who's doing stuff online at this very minute. Yeah, we are recording as the, of the magic of the internet as Joel and I are always in multiple locations about 95% of the time. Uh, of these 39 episodes, what, 37 of them, we've uh, been in different locations. So. so many different places. And we're in a new location as of this week for those that use the TuneIn app. It's uh, it's a radio app that lets you get local radio, but they're expanding beyond that, and they're now bringing podcasts onto the app and the website. So tuneIn.com. Thank you so much for including us in the uh, the roster of bad crypto shows that are now on your platform and you guys can check it out at badco.in forward slash tune in or just go to tunein.com and you can figure it out or just go to spotify or itunes or stitcher or google play or iHeartRadio or youtube or listen to it on our lipson account or just go to badcryptopodcast.com and just click on the player there or just come on over to our place and we'll we'll do it um like that we'll have a barbecue and- We'll have a bad crypto barbecue. Oh, I love that. Put another shrimp on the barbie there, mate. And we have another new addition to the bad crypto family of ways to engage because our community is growing so wonderfully. Not only do we have a page and a uh, private group, a mastermind on Facebook, but by popular demand, that means one person thought that we should have one and then others agreed. We now have a telegram group. And if you don't know what Telegram is, it's a both an application for your desktop, which can be used on Mac or PC, and it is an app for your phone that keeps the conversation going and fresh whenever you want. That is true. And a Telegram is also a message sent by a telegraph and then delivered in written or printed form. But that's totally irrelevant here. Yeah. So uh, the (laughs) shortcut to I'm ignoring it. Well, now I'm not because now I addressed it. But the shortcut to our Telegram group is badco.in forward slash Telegram. There's already 71 members and uh, the com- 72. Somebody else just joined. The conversation uh, just carries on there. And Travis and I both like to make appearances as well. But it's a great place to ask questions and get pretty quick responses from others that are in the crypto curious space. 
Yeah, you can tell those are those are the really rabid fans that are that are there. So we've got a great show for you today, and we're going to jump right in with some comments and questions from the mailbag. Bad crypto inbox. You got mail. This one is from Hans. He's in Germany. He says, "Hi, you masters of the bad coin." Um, I'll just read this normally. Love your show. Good for me. I live in Germany and can enjoy every new podcast with a nice cup of coffee in the morning. What a great way to start a day. We agree. I'd really like to see if I can put some bad coins to use here in Germany. Therefore, I'd really appreciate receiving some. And then he gave us his BitShares username. Thanks a lot and keep up this fantastic podcast. Hans, give Franz our regards and you've got some bad coin now. Yeah, it's a great way to pump you up each morning with your coffee. <laughs> oh, we got another message here. Why don't you read this one from uh, from Anthony, Anthony T. All right. So Anthony T, he asked, where does the value come from when there is a split like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash? I receive Bitcoin cash because I own Bitcoin, but how does that actually become something I can cash in? Where does that money come from? Love the show. Uh, like I'm listening to a couple of my buddies talking. Keep up the good work and stay bad. Great question, Anthony. It is a great question, Anthony. Let me tell you about the birds and the bees. So when Mama Crypto and Papa Crypto get together, they make little baby cryptos. And that's how baby cryptos are born. It's special. It's nature. <laughs> so the split, basically, it's not really a split. It's more of a spinoff, isn't it? I, I see it that way because Bitcoin, uh, there was a, you know a few miners in the community that said, well, with this update, we are going to take our ball and go home and play with it. And we're going to call it Bitcoin Cash. So. When those miners stop doing Bitcoin as their primary method of mining and they're doing Bitcoin cash, it's kind of like they just pull it out of their ear and say, uh, now this now this is money. Yeah. And there are, you know, if you're looking at all the different altcoins that forked off of Bitcoin, you know, Litecoin did that, right? Litecoin is, was built on the Bitcoin blockchain. So that is an altcoin that forked off of Bitcoin. There have been multiple other ones. I believe Digibyte also forked off of Bitcoin. There's been there's been a, a ton. So when it forks off, it creates an exact same duplicate, or they actually go in and change some of the mechanics of that, but use that code base as the foundation for that particular blockchain. But it's basically it's free money, is what it is. I mean, it, they're they're basically agreeing that when this fork happens, that Whatever you have in Bitcoin, you're also going to get an equal amount of Bitcoin cash. Now, it doesn't have the same value because the price of that currency is different than the price of Bitcoin. So, for example, when Bitcoin forked, it was about, what, 4,800, something like that. And Bitcoin cash kind of forked out at four to 500 and went all the way up to 800. And as of today, it's sitting around 330, 340. So, but anybody who was holding Bitcoin got Free money, basically. Yeah, so that looks like it's going to happen again the next time that the fork happens. And uh, Bitcoin is still going to be Bitcoin BTC. The new one will be uh, will have a new uh, name and a new code for on those exchanges. So where does it come from? 
It comes from crypto land. It's uh, it's very special. I mean, we, you know, just like we make bad coin, it comes from the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, uh, of which you are all honorary. Which is citizens. at war with good Cryptopia. We hate those guys. Go yeah. team. <laughs> now, this wasn't really this is a question that I had. And because I didn't really know where to put it in the show. I'm just going to insert it right here in this place, and, and then we'll get to the news. There's a number of other crypto podcasts out there, and some of them are good. Uh, one of them is Laura Shin's podcast. It's called Unchained. She's a senior editor, I believe, at Forbes.com. She recently had an episode that she was talking about how do you explain crypto in Bitcoin to your family and friends that look at you like you've got, you know, three eyes. And in it was a good show. It's a recent episode. So you can go check that out and tell Laura we said hi. And may, actually, maybe Laura should come join us on Bad Crypto at some point. That would be nice. To bring yeah, I, think she, I think she's brilliant. Yeah, the, she does a lot of like uh, interview type of podcast and they're all pretty, pretty informative. And uh, if she were to come on the show, we would certainly make her a Bad Coin millionaire. Yeah. Well, she and her guests on this particular episode were discussing where are we on the crypto timeline in relation to how how early is it? And what they were saying is they interviewed a number of pioneers in the World Wide Web. You know, the web got started in 1980. That's when the, the World Wide Web actually was an idea. And of course, it was just, you know, for military use, basically for um, at that time, early internet, and we're linking to the Wikipedia page that has the history of the web on it. But, you know, most of us, those of us that were pioneers in the web, and by pioneers, I mean, we actually had websites that didn't happen until around 94, 95. But the thing got started in 1980. And so the question was to these internet, the internet pioneers that were there at the very beginning, where would you say we are if you were going to relate it to the World Wide Web, the Internet timeline? And the universal answer was 1992, maybe 1993. So if, you know, Bitcoin uh, became a thing in 2009, and if you're going to correlate it to what people know about Bitcoin, you would think about, well, nobody really knew about the web. The technology was still so new, and it wasn't until the late 90s that people really became aware of it, and the masses started coming, of course, in around 2000. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I agree, and I've, I've always said that I feel that it is, you know, I've said multiple things. I, I, I thought it was 1990. I, I, intuitively, I was saying, yeah, it's like 1993 on the web. But then the more I thought of it, I was like, man, Bitcoin's kind of high and people are hearing about it. I go, it's probably 1995 from what I had said. And, I, and you were saying, well, you thought it was like the year. Well, I'll tell you what, I just can't wait to party like it's 1999 because when Bitcoin is circa 1999 World Wide Web, that means this thing is blowing up and we're all getting Lambos, baby. <laughs> and that would probably be a good time to sell because we know what happened in 2000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that there's cycles and that's what happens with uh, all technologies and all bubbles. Are we there yet? Uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today as we've got that and some other stories in the news. Get your currency off the exchanges. This is the advice from people who know what they're talking about. And it's also been what uh, we have 
sought to practice and recommend to you because you never know what's going to happen with the exchanges. And there's one exchange, which uh, both of us have used, Travis, that has had a uh, some people pretty upset lately, and that one is Bitrix. Yeah, and you know, you you and I were having a conversation about this, and you're like, man, did you see what's going on with Bitrix? And they're talking about how since it's a U.S.-based uh, exchange that they may be closing it down, and they're not letting certain people get their fun- access to their funds, and they're not getting any answers on their support tickets. Mm-hmm. And that that conversation that you and I had, I literally was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I better get those coins off. Of <laughs> right. Now. I had a few more there as well. Well, but some people who were going to Bitrix were welcomed with a message that said your account cannot be automatically enabled at this time. And so people are freaking out, like, what the heck's going on? How can I not get access to my uh, my coins on Bitrix. And so both of us, you know, I had maybe about, oh, I don't know, a, a couple thousand dollars worth of tokens that were just sitting there that I had not yet moved to a wallet. And most of them are Ethereum based. So it was pretty easy to move them to an ERC20 wallet. And I think there's maybe $120 worth of dust tokens that are left there, little pieces of Bitcoin, Bitcoin cash and the like. But they weren't answering their support tickets or anything. And this story was on Cointelegraph.com on October 16th. Well, there's a follow-up story on the 17th, and that is that Bitrix Exchange breaks silence on banned accounts, but questions remained. Uh, they said that 99.9% of Bitrix accounts were unaffected, that they had a compliance review and temporarily suspended Uh, about less than 0.1% of the total accounts. But that goes into how companies that are on the blockchain that are dealing in this crypto space, they have to be transparent. We in this space expect transparency. And when we don't get it, people freak out, right? And they say, oh, you know, and when people are having problems, they just say, oh, talk to support. You're like, no, we need an answer. And uh, the companies that are more transparent about this, they're the ones that are going to win. And for me, I just read it and I said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They're based in the United States. You could see how there could be some compliance issues. You know, the United States, they got all these regulations and different laws, state and federal level. It could be that they I mean, when when Joel first brought it up to me, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I need to lo- I need to move those out of there. And uh, I moved some over to, to the each independent wallets. Uh, move them all offline. I'm also testing out the Exodus.io wallet, which is highly visual. It's really cool. You can do some inter-exchanging. Like if it's I want to transfer pretty. this coin to another coin, does it automatically, it does atomic swaps with shapeshift. So it's pretty cool. So I, I got a chance to try out a new wallet that I probably wouldn't have tried out otherwise. Yeah, which it's smart. Just get your stuff off the exchanges. Uh, you know, exchanges are there to exchange, to buy, sell, to trade your your crypto. But uh, for the most part, it's not a good place to keep them. So, you know, uh, Bitrix, um, there's a lot of tokens on there that I like to buy and and sell. But um, I'm cautiously wary of what's going on there. Well, you can. I'm still using it. I'm just taking my uh, what I'll do is I'll just take some Bitcoin, send it over there. Once it clears, I'll buy the coin that I want. And then I move that coin over to my wallet. You can still use Bitrix. You just don't want to store your coins and leave them sit there. 
Yeah. Let's talk about another exchange, uh, Coinbase.com, which, you know, we've referred to often on this show. We both got started on Coinbase and uh, they are notorious for Litecoin, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those are the currencies that people can buy and sell on Coinbase, uh, but they're also notorious for purchases that are funded by a U.S. bank account taking three to five business days to complete. So, you know, you would make your purchase on a Monday and it could be the following Monday before the coins actually show up in your account. And so if you were trading, the price could go up, the price could go down, and uh, that could lead to a lot of frustration if you weren't patient. Uh, but they're changing that. They're changing that. Uh, have you ever have you ever bought with a bank account or do you buy with a credit card, Travis? I only buy with my bank account, but I'm normally buying a little bit each week. So I'm always having some arrive. And so I don't necessarily, it doesn't bother me because that's just the way it's always done. I mean, I think I got my Coinbase account in 2015. Okay. And uh, that's what I've always done. I've always done that. and I've, So I'm accustomed to that three to five day cycle. However, it does suck. I will definitely appreciate having that not be the case anymore because it's that whole thing where like, great, I just bought some and now the price is tanking and I sure would like to unload it right now before it drops too much farther. And then by the time you get it, like that, that happened to me when I bought some Ethereum, I bought some Ethereum at like 370. And then by the time I got the Ethereum, it was like 260. And I was like, are you serious? Like that's Well, uh, typically if I'm buying, it's because I, I'm buying it for another reason. Like I want to get Bitcoin to convert it into Ripple or something else. And I, and I want it right away. Now, if you've ever bought with a credit card, it's an instant purchase, but there's a 4% fee attached to that credit card purchase. Uh, the, the good news is you get it right away. So the news is, is that they are launching instant purchases for bank accounts. So if you want to transfer via ACH, they're rolling it out today to about 15,000 users. They're eligible US-based customers that are getting it. And by the end of the year, everybody is going to have access to it. So uh, they feel like they've got good systems in place to keep fraud at bay. And uh, pretty soon you'll be able to make instant purchases with your bank account. So I think that's good news for the crypto world. Right. I wonder how they're determining uh, who is uh, the one that gets updated. Because I like, I like to be that guy. Update me. Yeah. Well, maybe check and, and click and, and see what will happen with that. Yeah. And by the way, if you guys want to get started on Coinbase. How do they do that? Yeah. A bad code.in forward slash Coinbase. And what that gets you is when you make your first purchase of $100 of any of the delicious crunchy cryptos that they have for uh, for sale there, they will give you $10 in free Bitcoin. And they'll also give us $10 in free Bitcoin. So we like when you sign up because we like everybody, including ourselves, to get free Bitcoin. Munchy, crunchy, chocolatey. <laughs> oh. You know what else I want? I want some shares of Overstock.com. Um, you know, we met with Patrick Byrne, the CEO at Nexus Earth in Aspen, and he was on the recent episode. Hopefully you guys listened to that. If you haven't, please do, because Overstock is much more than an online retailer. They've got some serious blockchain initiatives. And this story today, there are people that are saying that Overstock, it's already gone up like 15%. It was, I think it was $25 a share for the stock when we talked to Patrick. And yep. it's at like 34 or 35 now, and they're expecting it to go up to maybe 100 because of the blockchain 
uh, initiatives that they have. Yeah. And, you know, having that, if you've not listened to that conversation with Patrick Byrne, you will be enlightened when you do, because you will learn why Overstock is potentially worth way more than their stock says right now, because they have a company called T0, which is the only SEC approved exchange in America, right? And they actually acquired this company and then they added and they got approval from the SEC. Then they added the blockchain capabilities on top of it, which maybe was a loophole, but pretty ingenious. And they're solving lots and lots of problems, not just an exchange. It's going through six major areas of civilization and trying to solve problems. And uh, that dude is a big, big thinker. And I loved his brain. Great, great guy. Yeah. And he's, and he's super chill. So uh, go, uh, go give that a listen if you haven't yet. And again, we're not financial advisors, so I'm not making any recommendations, but I think I would like to have some shares at Overstock and, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not buying it um, before this news came out. Yep. Yep. We were talking about it. We actually had an in-depth conversation. You and I, when we were in Aspen, we're like, Ooh, that sounds like a pretty good idea to go snag some of that. Well, we don't always move fast enough. Uh, there's one more story that I want to link in the show notes. It really is a point of reference. It's not so much news as it is commentary. And, you know, we feature once a week, we have our ICO spotlight episode uh, where we bring in primaries from various uh, initial coin and token offerings that are taking place. And I came across this article that I think will be interesting both to our listeners that are into crypto and to those that are any part of an ICO. And it's a piece written by Antti Denilevsky from Kick ICO. It's a recent coin offering they did. It's on CryptoCoin's news.com linked in the show notes and it's nine mistakes we made during our ICO and how to overcome them and uh, we're not going to go through these here I just think it's a really good read and wanted to make it available to you guys absolutely because there are some things I mean from from talking to folks who were you know who have done ICOs and I mean it's just so true they are they're forming their PR team way too late we're not going to go through all of these but they are I mean they're basically then they start coming to marketing people when they're like a week into their ICO and they're like, oh, no, we've only claimed we've only sold 10 percent of what we wanted to. We probably should have marketed. Yeah. And the ones that are raising the most money are the ones that are spending quarter of a million to half a million dollars in marketing and PR building up for that, because if people don't know about you, people aren't going to participate and buy from you. And uh, you got to have a good team. You got to have great technology. You got to be solving a great problem. But if nobody hears about you and you don't have any PR or marketing, then you are you are dead in the water. And so you really need to start your your marketing at least three months in before your ICO is coming. Start building up that community and connecting with people on, you know, Bitcoin talk and Telegram and Reddit and building and talking about finding people who are passionate about what it is you're trying to do. And then you get that community. If you don't have a community then who's going to buy your stuff? And while you're at it, reach out to the hosts of the Bad Crypto Podcast, as some other companies are, because now we know a thing or two, and uh, we're being asked to be advisors for some ICOs. And if projects are interesting enough to us, we might just say yes. And on that note, our feature today is about tap dancing pigs. No, wait, that's not it. It's about 12 predictions for blockchain. So let's just do that. Tap dancing pigs. I have. I don't even know where that came from. That that was just weird. I think I'm just hungry. Bring me some bacon, yo. 
You can't have Bitcoin without bacon. That's true. And you can't have the Bad Crypto Podcast without us Googling stuff to find the answers. And people are always sending us links and we're looking for cool stuff that people are putting out there. And we came across this um, slide share, which we'll put in the show notes, that came out of Dream Lab Technologies. And it was put together by Philippe Camacho. Philippe Macho Camacho. And uh, the slide, it was just released October 12th. And so huge shout outs to Philippe for this because we want to share with our audience and hopefully you'll be happy that we did. His slide share is 12 predictions for a new world in blockchain. So these were so fascinating that uh, I thought we would go through these and, and he's got some great credentials. He's got a PhD in cryptography from the University of Chile and he's the co-founder of comprabitcoin.com and now he is a research and development engineer at dream lab technologies ag so um these guys are heavily involved in in cyber security and and he's made some interesting predictions and uh beginning on slide number seven if you want to follow the bouncing ball we're just going to jump in and talk a little bit about each of these and, and give our opinion so uh travis why don't you take number one there yeah, Will here. I, I I want I want to talk about slide five first because it's it's you know how you know how we're so big on disclaimers here yeah. at the Bad Crypto Podcast. We, we like to we like to disclaim things. But Niels Bohr, he he said this way back in the day. He said it's hard to make predictions, especially about the future. Yeah. So, oh, Niels, you are one savvy quoter guy. Okay, number one. That is true. That is true. Uh, the number one prediction for this brave new world is that by 2020, the market cap for all cryptos will be one trillion USD. Uh, you know, I, I I believe that as of today, the current coin market cap, and we're recording this episode on the 18th of October, is over 168 billion. And so he's saying in uh, basically two and a half years ish or sometime during 2020, all of the market cap will reach a trillion dollars. One trillion. And if you want to compare that to the bubble that we had back in 2000, that bubble at that time, all those stocks were at $5.7 trillion. So that would still, my guess, that would still be about internet 1996. I want to party like it's 1999. Okay, so not quite there yet. That'll be when it's worth about five trillion yes please um mr camacho's second prediction is that in 2019 bitcoin stops being the first cryptocurrency and by that i believe he means that it will not have the highest market cap is that is that what he's saying here that ethereum will be bigger well i mean you, you look at it you know it's one of those things where how many of these icos are using an erc20 token built upon ethereum and using those smart contracts, and those decentralized apps. That's one thing that I've always thought. Once Ethereum got up to three, four hundred bucks now, right, and hanging out here, and we're seeing what Bitcoin's doing, and we see how Bitcoin is really a store of wealth, like gold would be. You don't, you're not going to do a whole lot of transfers and transactions with Bitcoin. You're just kind of kind of store it. Transactions and stuff, that's going to happen on those smart contracts like with Ethereum. You know, it's it's quite possible that Ethereum is vastly undervalued right now, and it could do one of those 10x type of things potentially. And will it get to the point where it passes up Bitcoin? 
Um, who knows, man? That's that's you know, eighteen months away or so. I mean, like two thousand nineteen. When in two thousand nineteen? Who knows? This is a prediction. Uh, this is not gospel, but it's interesting to think about. That's quite possible. Okay, what do we got right. for the third prediction in the crystal ball? The third is uh, that a blockchain is going to be able to handle two thousand transactions per second by the year twenty twenty. Now. Here's the deal, right? It says Bitcoin does about seven transactions a second. I think Ethereum taps out at about 40 transactions per second. There's already blockchains that are coming out that's that's way beyond this. Yeah. So I think BitShares may not have fully been informed. BitShares, right? Uh, our chain is going to do between 40,000 and 100,000 transactions a second. Digibyte does ex- a, a ton per second, which is way beyond. So I don't know why, why he's saying that. So I'm pretty sure that trend, that prediction will be true because it's already it's already happened. Well, I think he's talking about yeah. I mean, because Bitcoin is seven, uh, PayPal is 115 transactions per second, and Visa does 2,000 per second. So I think. Well, he didn't say Bitcoin. That's just the example he used. So uh, yeah. we'll see. His uh, fourth prediction in the Camacho crystal ball is that the first smart contract that with correctness proof will handle more than $100 million U.S. dollars in 2018. So uh, dApps, smart dApps, decentralized apps. And he's saying that uh, the contracts themselves are going to handle over $100 million U.S. dollars, and it's going to be completely and totally accurate, 100%. That's next year, right? So decentralized name services and insurance and market and decentralized crowdfunding, decentralized everything that is, uh, that's popping up in the space. So that is next pretty year. interesting. Uh, number five to you, good sir. Number five, a company running on a blockchain will be worth $10 billion in uh the year 2022 so that's fascinating and it references the company bat the basic attention token how they raised 35 million dollars in 30 seconds now if there's a company that is going to be using a blockchain and built on a blockchain that's not necessarily just the coin itself because you know bitcoin is runs on a blockchain but it's not necessarily a company running on a blockchain that's worth 93 billion dollars right now but imagine a company that's running on its own blockchain or running on an, ex- an existing blockchain worth $10 billion. I mean, that's a substantial chunk of change right there. That's 10, eff- effectively 10 unicorn companies. 10 unicorns. I'll settle for one unicorn. Uh, so number six, we're about halfway through the list of blockchain predictions from the slide share. He says that unregulated decentralized marketplace will handle more than $10 billion uh, U.S. dollars in 2022. Now, of course, uh, many of you have heard of Silk Road, which was a dark web uh, website that handled a lot of, uh, what would you say, illegal activities and silk road silk road was seized by the u.s government was uh shot uh, was shut down by actually international governments shut it down but there are and that's a centralized service but there are decentralized marketplaces that uh, are opening up now and two of them he's got listed here are open bazaar and another one is Bitboost. Um, then he's got a question mark for, you know, who else is going to jump in there. So this is obviously not talking about Overstock or Amazon when they finally do take Bitcoin, because those are both centralized services. Yep. Yep. And number seven. So this one's a little sounds a little nefarious. Also, so <laughs> yeah. security is a big thing. Yeah. 
in the blockchain space, right? So number seven, the prediction by um, Mr. Camacho Man Camacho, yeah, uh, is a evil smart contract will cause up to or more than a billion dollars in damages to a Forbes 500 company by the year 2022 by some sort of botnet is going to be able to tap into the blockchain, create this evil smart contract, which starts triggering uh, some things happening for, uh, you know, in, in costing a billion dollars to a Forbes Fortune 500 company. Uh, that's crazy. And they might take all your bad coin. So uh, so beware of that. He says by the year 2030, 90% of all venture capital will be through initial coin offerings. Uh, so right now, the, let's see, venture capital is at one8 billion dollars in 2017 and he sees um that being a lot higher by the year 2030 and that doesn't surprise me at all because it's a great way to raise cash yep so imagine us in the year 2030 joel doing an ico spotlight welcome to bad crypto (laughs) episode 1047 it is fork number 32 of bitcoin (laughs) uh so number nine Patelic Buterin, he's still young, the little bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Hit us with number nine. Number nine, Estonia will run 100% on blockchain. So they are already doing all kinds of stuff within blockchain. To me, I don't know. This actually seemed to me like, wow, I think they're going to get there a lot sooner than 2035. That seems really far away to me. What currency? uh, What is the Estonian currency? Estonia's? Estonian's? I don't. I don't even know. They're east. They're east stones. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> east stones. <laughs> I brought a, a sack of east stones, so they're moving. They're so way. heavy, you guys. Uh, prediction. Look, they got some e east stones, so they're much lighter. Number ten, Mister Wright, is that by the year twenty thirty five, he predicts there will be a a hundred percent artificial intelligence driven company that the whole company will be run by AI. Uh, that that's scary. That's Skynet stuff right there. Yeah. So what's going to happen? The AI decides it's an entrepreneur and is going to create yeah. a new business out of thin air and be like, we're, we're we got our own company here. That's that's weird. Okay. Number eleven. The robots are coming. Uh, all industries will be impacted by blockchain in the year twenty thirty five is the eleventh prediction. And uh, there is some, we've already talked about this. We had an episode back a few episodes ago where we talked about the 30 plus industries that are being disrupted by blockchain. But it really shows that a lot of these industries are going to be disrupted by blockchain. And uh, Mr. Camacho is basically saying by the year 2035, all industries are going to be impacted by blockchain. Mm, I don't disagree with that. And finally, number 12 prediction here in the slide share is that by the year 2050, central banks will be no more. The celebration! Yeah, uh, but by then, odds are I'm not going to be around anymore. And you may... You're dead in, you're dead in 33 years? Uh, well, very possible. I'll be... I hope not, Mr. Joel Comp. All right, we're going to need to accept some applications for you know future bad uh, crypto <laughs> podcast hosts because Joel's going to be dead by the year 2050. And by God, we're not stopping the show. We're not until we... <laughs>
<laughs> until we got all the crypto and all the bad coin is distributed. Until we finally give away all this damn bad coin. I know. I that's, that's really our only goal. So thanks, Philippe, for uh, creating great content for us. We, we appreciate uh, when it, it's pre-done so that all we got to do is read it. And hopefully y'all have learned something out there. And by the way, I can say y'all because I lived in Texas and Oklahoma for a total of 20 years. So I am an honorary Southerner. And if I want to put that little twang on my thing like that, I can do it. And it ain't nobody know the difference. A little twang on your thing, Joel. <laughs> okay, that just sounded wrong. Well, all of you <laughs> put your own twang on your own thing and be sure to uh, subscribe, uh, like, share, be part of the community. There's so many different ways that you can join us now. So go to badcryptopodcast.com and, and partake in one of those. And as we close out, let's let people know our phone number so that they can call with questions or comments. Our number is 708-885-9030 for any questions, comments, or compliments. But no complaints. We don't like those. We don't like those. Yeah, we don't we don't want your complaints. But we do want you to keep listening. Tell a friend. Thanks so much for joining us in until the next episode, which will be soon. Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.